FMX Network production. A series of the most exciting action imaginable. Welcome to the Leanne Re-Raceables on PulpMX.com. Mathis and Weege revisit the instant classics from yesteryear, spotlighting those historic moto moments that simply never grow old. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Lee at Re-Raceables. Thanks for listening. Tell a friend, subscribe, and all of that. Uh, really nice to have you people in the comments uh, for this podcast, whether it's on uh, uh, Instagram or Twitter or whatever, uh, or on the website itself, are, are super good, man. Keep it up. Review it and um, leave, us, leave us a rating on all of that. Helps us get into the uh, algorithm, all right? Leeit.com. Go there, check it out. You know it's the company that uh, the Moto Concepts guys wear their gear the last few years. Do a great job with that. They got the 9.5, 8.5 helmets, 5.5 flex lock boots that our buddy Chris Kiefer helped develop, 6.5 velocity goggles as well. Leit.com for more information. Mountain bike stuff as well, protection products. Uh, they have a lot of things on their website. And the best part of this deal is that if you want to save at Leit.com, Email us using the contact form on pulpamex.com, and I'll give you some codes to save and shop at liat.com. Thanks to their support on this podcast. Uh, great guys and uh, really good company. Scott Sports as well. They've been promoting, uh, providing the best in goggle technology in all motorsport disciplines for over 50 years. Scott is a global leader in innovation, technology, and design. Scott has always been there to support racing from grassroots all the way to the top step. And with guys like Jason Anderson, Pro Circuit Team, Caleb Russell, Chad Weenan, Walker, Fowler, and more. They choose a quality product and support from Scott. Scott's excited to relive iconic moments in the sport with the Re-Raceables podcast, many of which have included Scott Goggles. Scott, the only goggle made in the USA. Maxis, Guts Racing, Pro Taper, all on board. We'll talk about those guys later. Seattle, 2012 is the race that we're doing today. And it was uh, pretty uh, monumental for a few different reasons to talk about that and more. It's Jason Wygant. What's up, Weech? Yeah. This is a good, good really race. Good one. Yeah. Legend, legendary race. Although it is funny, uh, spoiler alert, we've already talked to the winner of this race. And uh, he doesn't remember much. No. He feels it was a boring race. Yeah. Even it was monumental. Yeah, exactly right. There, there's so many things coming together this night when you look at it. Uh, Andrew Short wins. And, uh, you know, good guy, factory rider for many years, uh, won nationals. This is, this is like Nathan Ramsey. Um, the only 450 Supercross career that he ever won. And you yep. could make a case that him and Ramsey, similar careers. Shorty's peak is higher than Nate's, but not far off. Uh, yeah, a longer, definitely a longer, I don't know, arc. Because well, he stayed in the 450 class yeah, way longer. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And Shorty was podium nationals and winning 450 nationals pretty regularly. At least podium them. Um, yes. And Nate never yeah, really. Nate was never as good outdoors. Right, right. But. Yeah. They both have this one Honda 450 uh, Supercross win in their career, and uh, we have Andrew Short to talk about it. He was actually driving through Vegas, came in studio, <laughs> so you'll hear that in a little bit. Because that's how nice a guy Shorty is. He wanted to come over <laughs> and visit and just say, hey, right? Didn't, yeah. he, didn't he reach out to you? Like, yeah. we were probably going to do this podcast at some point. Obviously, it's an epic race, but <laughs> he wanted to stop by and say hi. Yeah. 
Yeah, it, that because that's what he does, man. Um, yes. So great race for Andrew Short. He started on the Supercross.com team, Jeremy McGrath, Larry Brooks. And at this point, uh, he got injured during this year. At this point, uh, he's out of a sprinter van. Uh, the bike is being taken care of by Honda. It's a factory bike. He's not getting paid. His regular mechanic quit. His fill-in mechanic wasn't there either. Uh, and then he had his practice bike guy there. Um which makes the whole thing even weirder in that this is the race that he won. Uh, Ken Roxon gets second. Kenny is a 250 Supercross rider at this point, his second year in America. And Kenny is on a 350 KTM. Weege, I remember sitting in the press box being like, I cannot believe a 350. This guy is making a 350 work. I was in the camp uh, because I talked to Shorty and I talked to Alessi and, you know, different people who rode one. I was in a camp of like, yeah, they're just – they may be a great vet bike. They may be a great bike for, you know, 95% of the people. But in Supercross, when you need uh, torque and you need po- power out of the bottom end, out of a turn, it's not there. And I was like, it's not feasible. And uh, it didn't seem that way until Ken Roxon showed us that maybe it was. Yeah, I remember thinking that going into that season. And I, I feel like we were proven right that it sucks that this sport well it's great in many ways that this sport is this direct connection from like the podium to like the average consumer you know there's no doubt that people are going to watch eli tomac and dylan ferrandis on the new yamaha 450 this year and be making decisions of should they buy that bike or not because of them that's cool in a way because that's why yamaha spends millions of dollars supporting racing so that is awesome in a way but it also sucks with the downside of it doesn't really apply to at least people like me maybe Maybe, maybe you, I know you're nearly top 10, you know, world vet speed, but, <laughs> but it is unfortunate that KTM had this great idea of a 350 that probably is a better bike for most people, but the only way to prove the bike is good is to race it at the highest level. And at that level, it's not the best, mm-hmm. but that doesn't apply. So I want to say kudos to KTM because from a factory racing standpoint, the 350 didn't work out, but they've stayed the course. They keep making the 350. They keep updating the 350. Yep, yep. And they still make a good bike. Our guy Kiefer, he loves the thing, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's some guys that yep. uh, that love it. Um, yep. Yeah, you know, like the like the CRF 150, right? Honda tried to shove that down consumers' throats and racing throats, and you would know more than yep. I would, but it's not ever taken on. It's never really worked. It's not really that great. And KTM and the Austrian, because there's a there's a gas gas one and a husky one too. They're like, yeah, no, this is a this is a good bike, and and, and obviously the sales are there to justify it. But I can remember yeah. watching Shorty, like he he used to tell me, like, see, watch this, like, see these guys, like I remember watching video in his truck. He's like, see these guys, they they cut down out of this turn and they go three out of the turn. I got to go all the way around the berm to do this three. Like mm-hmm. he's like, you can just watch it. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, but that doesn't apply to people who aren't of course doing supercross obstacles. Yeah. Uh, like me, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm, yeah. I'm glad you brought up that Honda 150 because um, a couple years ago for the magazine, uh, Brett Smith wrote a race rec story about that Honda 150, about how it definitely didn't succeed in racing. Like if you watch mini cycle racing, like mini has just ended, nobody's on it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, Honda said, we sell a ton of these. So what that means is kind of the same thing. It's like an in-betweener. Everybody loves, say, like a TTR 125, like great pit bike, play bike, whatever, right? So maybe people are buying those Honda 150s for that. That's like a 75% scale, smaller, but still technologically, you know, pretty good 
bike for fun. Yeah. So yeah. there's like this under underground uh, bike sales that's away from the elite level of racing, but it still works. Yeah. 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 So Shorty was on this bike the, the year before and uh, kind of didn't like it, didn't enjoy it. And then Ken Roxon, you know, who's maybe top five of the most talented riders ever, uh, yeah. uh, makes it work at this race pretty much. Um, be interesting to see if he kept it going, right? Like how he would have done. Like on this night, he was great. There, there was a sort of confluence of events to help Kenny and Andrew. In this night, yeah, uh, Ryan Villapoto, yeah. the uh, the champion at this point, he clinched the title, hometown race, tears his ACL uh, in the main yep. event, and Ryan Dungey, the next great right racer in this main event, is coming back from a collarbone injury, and this is his first race back, so you know you know he's not quite up to speed, and Dungey would go on to win the ne- the next two. So there's a little bit of confluence of events in this night. Yeah, the 2012 season starts with four winners in the first four rounds, none other than. Ryan Villapoto, Ryan Dungey, James Stewart, and Chad Reed. And by the time we get to Seattle, you could almost say all four are out injured. Dunge is coming back from injury. Mm-hmm. But Villapoto tears his ACL on lap one, and Reed and Stewart are long gone. Oh, so you're, uh, telling, me, you're, telling, me, you're telling me we, that we start off with a bunch of winners, and everyone yeah. gets excited, <laughs> and then by the end, we just have two guys? Uh, yeah, yeah, amazing. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes, it really... Um, this is the one night because if you really look, you know, the, the, the majority of the wins really are being gobbled up by Villapoto and Dunge during this entire era. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Stu and Reed can still get in there. But if you take it as a five or eight year hole, <laughs> when you have a rare race where those two aren't factors, doors open. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, really cool that Shorty got a win. Right. Awesome. Uh, oh, yeah. Really cool that he got it in the midst of his team falling apart. And Shorty... <laughs> Is as we've said, we've already talked to him. He takes the high road in our interview here, but I know that he's out, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars uh, that he he never saw, right? Um, so yeah, that's. I not- believe you once said. Uh, I believe you once said, Andrew Short doesn't like use f bombs and s bombs. Like he doesn't have that vocabulary. Mm-hmm. But in like Shorty's world, like he was just not using those words. But if you know Shorty, you know he's giving you the most extreme. Mm-hmm. He doesn't sound as angry as the normal guy, but for him, it's extreme anger. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't yeah. have that gear. Yeah, uh, I, I agree. Um, so well, you told me this is this is your theory. You're like, trust me. He didn't he didn't mf them, but he doesn't mf for yeah. him. It was mfing them pretty much. Yeah. Uh, gr- yeah. So it's really cool that he won. Um, he's helping Kenny also at this point. Kenny's living with him in Texas. Uh, maybe not right at this point, but the year before at KTM, and then Kenny would stop in and. And hang out with Andrew and uh, and Jackie, yep. his wife, uh, Kenny yep. and his dad. So there's a there's a connection there. He leads every lap of this race. Kenny does put some heat on him and uh, gets by him at one point. Um, but Shorty technically leads every single lap. And then at the end, it's a two-second win. And it's amazing. It's great. Yeah, it's just the grand thing. And uh, as Shorty says, you know, he's getting congratulations from everybody, the other riders, uh, people that he used to ride with or even rivals, whatever you want to call it. It's, uh, you know, the the famous NASCAR story is that when Dale Earnhardt finally won the Daytona 500, like every single person like came down pit lane and high-fived him, you mm-hmm. know, even the people he had just beaten. It's like, eventually it just becomes obvious, like, this is awesome. Even if he beat me, even if I don't even like the guy, good on him. Mm-hmm. So it really was like the industry just said, like, 
Yeah, good for Shorty. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, right? Uh, in the video, you can see Nick Way stops. There's a guy who never won a 450 Supercross and yeah. is on that list yeah. uh, of guys. Um, yep. Probably below Ferry, though. I think I think Timmy led more laps than Nick ever did. But uh, yep. but he's on that list, and he stops to congratulate Shorty. Uh, you know, yep. Roger DeCoster does. Um, yeah, so on and so forth. Um, also, uh, we, each, we also call up our buddy Moser. As well, who is an Andrew Short super fan? We'll, we'll explain more in the in the call, and he's at the one race that Shorty wins in Supercross. So it's all coming together. It's amazing. Uh, yeah, it is. It's it's yes. The fact that Moser was there for this event, um, we'll we'll explain the Moser thing in the call. How about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so besides that, um, besides Shorty winning and Ken Roxon being a part timer and getting second, which is on a 350, which is also pretty amazing. Like, if Villapoto just wins this race, Kenny's ride's pretty amazing, right? Like, 350, jumping in the premier class, all of that. So, it's all pretty unique when you add in the Kenny thing to the Shorty thing to the Justin Brayton taking down Ryan Dungey thing. Oh, we don't want to talk about that. We're going to move on from that. But No, no, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, Justin Brayton. Just, just from real wheel to rear wheel. Dunge, make better decisions, Dunge. <laughs> okay, all right. Justin Brayton absolutely yeah. uh, uh, d- destroys Ryan Dunge. Wow, well, that, that, that's probably a little harsh. Um, Look, Dunge has a known history. He's a hothead. He makes bad moves. Yeah, okay, good point. Um, mm-hmm. The 250 class, Weech, is also pretty epic. And and a, I don't know if you would say career changer, but but maybe. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, it's funny when we do these shows, right? It's like you – I'll give you an example. If you ever watch the show Seinfeld, there's usually three or four plot things that all tie in together at the end. And you forget. Like you'll watch an episode of Seinfeld now and you'll be like, oh, I didn't realize the episode where this happened is also the same episode where this happened and this happened. That was all in the same episode? Well, that's what many mm-hmm. of these races review is. We are looking at this as the Andrew Short race. That's what it is. Yes. Yep. But I forgot on the same night, it's also the Tomac really derails Dean Wilson's career in a way race. I forgot that was the same night. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Dean's got the red plate. They're in a tight battle um, for this um, championship. Seeley's not far back either. Seeley wins the opener. I remember, right? It's his first career win, right? Yeah, I think so. Yep. And then um, they're going at it. And uh, I don't remember what happens to Tomac at San Diego, but he he. Cut. I think he just weeds it in the whoops, like that's it. Okay, like Travis Pastrana level weeds it. <laughs> okay, it's so like D- I'm just grabbing another gear. Right. Oh shit! <laughs> so Dean's got the red plate, and they go at it in this race, and, and it it's aggressive, and Tomac uh, comes across comes out of a turn, basically cuts across Dean's uh, front tire on a right hand turn, and Dean goes down and lands on his shoulder, and it's the start of shoulder issues for Dean, he, he he guts it out. I don't know if he races the next week. I think he comes back for the I – th- I don't think he races again. I have to check the points. I think he's out for the rest of Supercross and then tries to ride the out- – he's the defending outdoor champion, and he I only – I think he does show up. Does he? I, this, okay. I might be wrong. I, he might show up and try practice or he, I think, in – what would it be? Salt Lake City, I think. You know, okay. He's not yeah. eliminated from title contention. So I think he shows up and tries to ride and does a lap or two and- yeah, can't right. Um, and then you can mention Hangtown when he goes yeah, to the open. Then he goes to Hangtown. He's number one, number one plate, and he doesn't even make it through practice. And his shoulders junk, and I think he has to get it fixed again at some point. And really, Dean's career sort of 
takes off in an injury direction around this time. Yeah, it's hard to believe now. Um, you know, this is 10 years ago. Um, you know, there was a time where flip a coin, like, is Tomac better? Is Wilson better? You know, unfortunately for Dean, you know, that's not what we're saying 10 years later because Eli's gone on to be an all-time great in a 450. But Dean absolutely had that same level of potential. And, yeah, it just started this spiral of injuries. But it, we're not trying to come down on Tomac here because in this main, I, I'm not sure why, but Dean starts it. They, they're just close. And then Dean decides I'm going for really aggressive passes. Um, and I remember you saying you talk, he, he hits Tomac twice mm -hmm. and then Tomac ends it. And I remember you talking to Mitch Payton and Mitch Payton even said, look, man, if you're going to do that, you've got to end it. You can't just bump him off the track, mm -hmm. you know, cause then he's going to be right behind you and he's going to be pissed. Like if you're going to decide to ride yeah. that way, yeah. you have to go all the way, not just bump him off the track. And yeah. then deal with them two and, laps later. And this was the start of some hard feelings between Dean and, and Eli, and even Dean and the Geico team, because then Barsha, Tomac keeps moving oh. up, and Barsha yeah. stays down, um, or Bar Dean stays down, Barsha comes up, and now there's more between that, and there's a Geico team thing, and a pro circuit thing, and, and Dean never really gets back to being 100%. Maybe you could argue that sort of the year that he was doing the Jeff Ward thing, and the Chad thing, he was 100%, but he didn't have a team. Uh, but other than that, man, it's one injury after another for Dean Wilson, seemingly after this yeah. point. Yeah. 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 You know, Eli, um, great at many things, but a little underrated is that Eli almost has, to me, the perfect mix of uh, aggression. Like, he doesn't do it. He doesn't ever ruin himself. But he's done just enough where it's like, okay, if the rules are you hit me, I have to hit you back, I can do that. And I'll do it just enough so everyone knows. Okay, do yeah. not screw with me. Well, yes, I would agree with you, except that you know when him and Barsha got into it in that one race a few years ago, I thought he was rattled. He was trying to race for points, but also yeah. trying to take care of business with Barsha, who you know is, yeah. is degaff. So you can't. It's hard to battle yeah. a guy who's degaff. But uh, yeah, I don't think you can. I, I think uh, Barsha and Freezy, I take them off the table. You okay. can't. Okay. <laughs> they, Once you go into that gutter with them, <laughs> at street fight level, yeah. you are never coming out. Okay, they're, they're a different category. I'll give yes, you that. Yes, different. You will never win right. when you take it down to their level because they That's don't. Because they don't care. Right. Right. <laughs> yes, they are the, exactly. <laughs> uh, and I think one of the Houston's when we had the residency in Houston, I think uh, Tomac and anywhere Freezy. Did he? Okay, I don't remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just like bad start, and then right. mid pack, and the right. next thing you know, oh shoot, Eli's down. Oh wait, there's Freezy too, and you're like, well, I wonder what happened. Okay, so yeah, just don't not with those two. But remember, there was like a brief. Uh, remember, there was a brief Tomac Reed rivalry. No, I don't remember that. I don't remember. Yeah, that. It was yeah. beginning of uh, okay, maybe a second year in a 450. Uh huh. Tomac hit Reed in a corner and fell, and then you know how Chad is he. Spouted off. He's like, these guys got talent, but they make dumbass passes. Oh, I do remember that. Yeah. 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 And then uh, the next weekend, Tomac sees Reed. I don't remember if it was a heat or the main, yeah. but it was like the most picture perfect takeout block pass. Yep. Just to be like, oh, yeah. Yep. And yep. I'm like, wow, Tomac's not an assassin, but he can dish it when he has to. It's like the perfect mix. Like, you have to be able to do it. Like, this is what, say, Dunge always struggled with. Or even RV said he could not do it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Tomac can do it if he needs to. Just don't do it with Barsha. Just don't. <laughs> yeah, that's another level. Uh, Ryan Sipes wins. Ryan Sipes yeah. wins. Yeah. Uh, Sipes, uh, underrated rider. Uh, also battled in injuries. Really good rider. He's at star at this point, right? 
Yes, and I remember they had so many damn sponsors that on the podium, I think he had to hold the DNA shred sticks um, beef jerky. Was this the, the union of of Star and Valley? or? Ooh, yeah, I don't know what year that was. Okay. I feel like that was a different year. <laughs> that was a disaster also. Um, yeah. But, um, yeah, you know what, because Nico Izzy's qualifies second, and he's number 50, and this is on a Valley, I think, Valley bike. So Sipes, Sipes was on wow. uh, MCR the year before this with Chiz, and they crushed it outdoors, I believe. Um, maybe it was the year before that even. Maybe it was 2010. Anyways, uh, Sipes gets a ride with Star and uh, and performs. A, a, he takes off from the highlights that we watched. Uh, he doesn't look challenged at all. And this is a dry Seattle, too. This is a, just, is just a normal dry Seattle Supercross, which is uh, pretty pretty rare. Yeah, it's kind of weird actually seeing this dirt. It even right. looks lighter in it, color. Yeah, it does, right? It looks like like light yeah. brown, right? Right. It's, yeah. it's, it, this could be Pontiac. <laughs> it, it, it's weird. Yeah, I'm just like sandy. Yeah. Practically. So Sipes yep. wins and uh, Tomac uh, finishes third and uh, uh, gets the red. Marvin point. just Marvin Muscan just rolls up and just passes Tomac. Well, it, beats him. it says that Tomac hurt a shifter, which broke bent a shifter with Dino. Ah, in the in the fracas. Yes, in the okay. fracas. So that might explain that. But yeah, Marv. Okay, Marv. This is Marv's second year, I believe. Uh, maybe third, and Marv's starting to emerge at this point too. And yeah. uh, he'll be yep. pretty damn good in a couple of years. Um, and then, uh, all right. So yeah, that's Seattle, twenty twelve. Uh, cool race. We were there. Um, I think we went out after, not with Shorty. I believe we there's a bunch of bars by that stadium, so we went and had some drinks after this, I believe. Uh, my wife was there. My wife claims that she was the first one to hug Shorty back in the pits. Could I, be. I mean, who know, we don't have a category for that, but if we had first hugger. <laughs> okay. Pookie. Pookie Mathis. Would <laughs> congrats. Win. Yeah, congrats. Um, yeah, great night. Uh, as Shorty, I guess, is looking at it as far as epic race with multiple passes. Yeah. Yes, it is not our Atlanta 1990 episode, what we did with Jeff Ward. But do not downplay it. Just a feel-good story. Yeah, yeah, really cool. And if you kind of knew what was going on behind the scenes, even better. You know what I mean? Like even, even better. Uh, because yep. um, yeah, a lot of cool. things going on. Uh, so yeah, let's uh, let's talk to um, uh, Andrew Short, shall we? And Moser, and our buddy Moser, which we will All explain right. more. Here we go. Yes. And now, uh, sitting here in studio, actually, a rare studio appearance on the Re-Raceables. Uh, the man who won this race is only 450 Supercross win of his career. And what a night it was. Andrew Short. What's up, Shorty? How are you, man? Hanging out here in the Lion's Den. Or we're, I guess we're across from the Lion's Den. but Not some, far. Not far. We have, uh, I don't know, good times yeah. being here. Uh, uh, cool I love race. the fact that you're here in studio. You're, uh, you're swinging by Vegas on the way to do some rally riding. A dune riding and uh so yeah thanks for coming by we did uh nathan ramsey we did 2002 pontiac with nate dog his only 450 supercross win uh and then uh we're going to continue this with uh with you with you so lots to get into it's uh, there's there's so much going on behind the scenes of this win isn't there like we'll talk about the race here but behind the scenes you're not getting paid team's struggling you're at this race in a van you were hurt some of the year like behind behind the scenes what was going on it was a wild time in my life and you know seattle for me in the past i had probably my worst race in 2006 where i lost the championship to, to grant langston when i was basically on fire i felt like that was my championship mm -hmm. to lose 
So it wasn't a place like I looked forward to going to, you know. Right. But and, this was dry. This was dry. And this was dry. Right. And um, it was unique, you know, because for previously, you know, I, I always had a consistent lifestyle and racing. I was with Honda for a long time, for six seasons, five seasons. And then I went to one year with KTM, with Red Bull KTM on the 350, mm -hmm. a bike I didn't care for mm -hmm. so much. I felt like we were at a disadvantage, but I knew that going in. And so now uh, I moved to the Larry and Jeremy team and I was on a great bike and all these things, but it just was kind of unraveling really quick. So it was a chaotic <laughs> time in my life and it was, I really just didn't know how to handle it. And at this point of the season, I was always kind of already starting to look forward to outdoors and kind of what's next, where the team's going to go. And I wasn't fully switched on with the racing. Yeah. It, uh, again, at some point the semi went away and you're at this race in a van and, I think that should tell you everything. Was your bike factory? Was Honda giving you stuff? Yeah. No, I was on a factory. Even okay. my bike was under the factory Honda rig, you know? Mm -hmm. So I was up in my old locker. Oh, you front. were? Yeah. Oh, okay. Like, I didn't so know that. Okay. We were like kind of on the side, I guess you could say. But sure. maybe Brayton was Brayton was still there. Yeah. And yeah, so it was it was just like I was there basically part of factory Honda. I just wasn't getting paid. You, uh, you're a very, um, uh, I don't want to say OCD guy because that, that might be a a negative connotation, but you're a very organized, very details-oriented type of person, and you have to have all your ducks in a row in training and riding and in life to be successful. That's how you operate. You know, you're, you don't run a J-Law program. No. Uh, so I can imagine, like you said, with all this going on and the team folding, or, or not folding, but losing the truck, losing sponsorship, bills aren't getting paid, this is rattling you, I would imagine. Like, you don't like any of this. Yeah, no. For me, I, to maximize everything, I had to just do everything I could to to put every situation and just make it as perfect as I could. And mm -hmm. this was far from as perfect as easy to get, you know? Yeah. But I had a massive base of uh, just training, riding, and all that. And um, it was really unexpected. You know, I went into that main event not thinking I could probably win, you know? And um, just because it never happened before, but... I, I don't know, some reason that night, everything just kind of clicked and it was still chaotic, but, um, as it transpired, it just made it that more sweet. And, uh, it, it was crazy. Uh, you qualified 12th really? Quali qualifying first Weege on this night. Uh, oh wait, I'm sorry. You didn't, that's the wrong race. My bad. <laughs> no, uh, I do it all the time. what's that? Weege? I do it all the time. Right. Oh, I was looking at another race. Um, mm -hmm. all right, hold on. Great radio. What's yeah. crazy about this is I some of the things I remember is like social media wasn't super big mm -hmm. in 2012. I remember all the comments on there, things like that, getting messages from other people that I never expected, you know, like Ricky Fowler or just weird, weird yeah. people, you know, like this. I was just, I was on fire and I couldn't, couldn't sleep that night. My voice was completely gone. I have crazy photos with Kenny, like, doing stupid stuff. <laughs> Even, like, Miss Supercross was in the semi with Kenny and me, and I my tongue's hanging out. Like, things... I, I, it was just... It's, things unraveled quickly. Yeah, that wasn't who I was, you know? It was just, like, I was so shocked and so happy, and I was hugging everybody, and uh, it, was, it was crazy how you, it all came down. You qualified eighth, sorry. You qualified eighth for this race, uh... Right behind a, a coming back from injury, Ryan Dungey, and then ahead of him, Weege was Justin, some guy named Justin Brayton. Could have been JB's night. Could have been. And I'll tell you what, Shorty, 
we didn't get Daytona five years later. Oh boy. But anyway, we're good. We got our one win also. But yep. uh, what this opened was so Villapoto goes down to the heat, right? Goes down to the heat race. No, Maine. He goes into Maine. Oh yeah, he does get nineteenth. Yeah, he does go down the main. Okay, so yeah, that's the key thing. Villapoto's the guy in the series right now, and he's winning yep. all the races. Did you have any clue? Like, I mean, I don't see how you would have even known he was out, right? Um, no, I don't. I don't really remember that. I do remember Kenny yeah. being all over me on that KTM three hundred and fifty on a bike yeah. that I thought was unwinnable. Well, that that's so, pretty ironic, right? Yes. yes. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. um. This definitely, I did not want him to get by me. Let's put it that way. And he wasn't right, like riding the series full time at that at that point. Mm-hmm. But uh, having Kenny pass me on the KTM 350 definitely would have stung a little bit. Yeah, yeah, because you did not enjoy that bike. And, no, and, and truthfully, you know, you were at, watching you on a supercross track. You were at a disadvantage. Yeah, you know, at that time, I, I thought so. Anyways, yeah, yeah. And then this German kid. Now, also ironic that you get your first win after battling with Kenny. Now you grab the whole shot. Kenny puts heat on you. You slowly pull away. Um, Kenny's living with you the, this year or the next year. Like he, him and Papa are in Texas doing the shorty program. Yeah, I don't know if it was before or after around then, but right. yeah, I was around Kenny a lot at that point. Uh, the year before, we were teammates, and uh, so yeah, we were buddies, and yeah. I knew Kenny well. So uh, that it was, it was, it kind of made it even more sweet that way. Like we we're all on the podium together, and. He was stoked. Even like as soon as I came across the finish line, Roger gave me a high five and hug, and it, yeah. you know, like that's not normal. Uh, so everyone was super stoked. We each, uh, Kenny even says on the podium that he's more happy for Shorty than for himself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and that 350 thing, yeah, that irony of that was like dripped all over it. Um, you mentioned something really interesting. You said the words at the time. So you were on the first 350. They've obviously been able to make the bike faster and faster and faster or more powerful in the 11 years or whatever since. So actually, even though we think of you as the anti-350 guy, do you actually think now the 350 is okay? Maybe just not in year one? Mm, I, no, it's not the bike you want for Supercross. It, you, it's I, still got to be a 450. Yeah, I mean, I just bought one. Let's put it that way. So it's not like <laughs> I, I really hate the bike. I bought one because mm-hmm. it's super fun to ride around on the farm and ride off-road, and it's a really cool bike, but uh, not not to race Supercross on. So that's the irony. You've gone out and spent your own money to yeah. buy a 350. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, 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 that's great. Yeah, that is pretty funny after all these. Do you uh, think actually it's more of a Supercross thing? Would it be closer for motocross than for Supercross? No, I think the start's so important. and Oh, uh, the start. Yeah. Okay. I, yep. I mean, I'm sure with the right rider. I mean, like that night, you can see Kenny's a phenomenal rider or uh, Kyroli or somebody like that. They could definitely make it work. But for me, being older and – I wasn't like a fast twitch rider, yeah. you know. I don't think that suited my style. Yeah. Uh, that is funny, though, that Kenny was on the 350. Like, the only race the 350 came close to winning was against you. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And his buddy, right? Yeah. And a great friend of yeah. his. Right. Someone that he's, yeah. you know, showing. I mean, would it, it wouldn't be too much to say that you showed Kenny a lot of training and riding, right, and American stuff. Like, he look, he's going to be great anyways. I'm not saying you made him. Nah. But yeah. you certainly, you know, took him in. Yeah, no, when he first came over with KTM, you know, we spent a lot of time at the test track yeah. together. So that's why we became buddies, just because right. of that. And I pa- think it's... Papa in his Speedo? Yep. Yep. Stretching him out, you know. <laughs> in the mornings? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, was uh, a, it was a unique time. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, my wife, Pookie, she claims she was the first person to hug you back in the pits. I don't know if you remember that. I'll probably... Okay. 
Right. Uh, there's also uh, a buddy we know named Moser uh, Weege, and <laughs> he's a Andrew Short super fan. He lives up in the Pacific Northwest, and the one race that he goes to a year, Seattle Supercross, uh, that you happen to win, he he's not all there for this win. Yeah, I mean, you know, they say that warriors can be, there can be two, like, soldiers in the same foxhole, and they'll have two different stories. Yeah. So I've heard a lot of Moser stories about this <laughs> night, and I don't know which ones are true, and, but, man, I've had some good times in Seattle, and mostly after this race are my good Moser memories. Yeah. And, uh, uh, but, yeah, this night, I don't remember much of Moser being he, around. Weege, apparently he was spotted at one point before the mains, passed out on the lawn by the porter potties right yeah <laughs> there was that there was a sighting yeah he just yeah. laid on the ground i guess yeah. over there before the rate you would like to night think program, that he, i think go, oh yeah yeah he was the opposite of the ocd he definitely was not ocd with his his race day program right definitely uh another word you was would that, think yeah. it was because he was partying because you won but it had already started long long before that <laughs> he was like, it was like noon and yeah. it had already started yeah, yeah. he was pre-gaming uh yeah he yeah. uh apparently in the main he he tapped somebody on the shoulder and thought you won the heat and it was the main. <laughs> so, no, come on. Yeah. Yeah. That was the word. Yeah. He, <laughs> he thought you won the heat and he was really stoked and like, no, that's the main. You just came oh, to God. in the middle of this race. So, Oh God. Um, so, uh, yeah. So with Villapoto out, there's only one man in this race who'd ever won a main event at that point, And it was Ryan Dungey who'd come off his collarbone. So the, the race was open. Weimer gets third. Kenny, right behind you. Kenny's a 250 guy at this point, yep. right? Uh, and so what a uh, – yeah, what a crazy night. I, was there a little bit of, um, I guess, uh, uh, you're, you're, you're a pretty nice guy. We all know that. You're a super nice guy. Was there a bit of animosity to from you towards Larry and anybody else that was there? Like, you know, screw you guys. You know, I'm not getting treated right and I'm winning. Like, was there some of that or were you just – ecstatic to, I, to win no i was so ecstatic to win i didn't really care so much about the money i don't even know if i got paid a bonus or anything that's horrible <laughs> but god i was i was really optimistic that after this race things would start to turn around and things okay. would click for the team and i really loved the people the the technician ricky gilmore was there our suspension mm -hmm. guy um nate wasn't at this race brandon anderson was right. my mechanic. i thought nate was your mechanic at all year until this race or no he started after this uh oh, okay. valcor was my oh, mechanic for okay. a little bit but he wasn't getting paid so he left and brandon was my home mechanic okay and i i was yeah. paying him right so i think that's why he came that's why the he race. was there <laughs> yeah. right okay so it was just kind of wild but uh i thought you know with jeremy and they, and larry i thought stuff would come together after right. this race and yeah. with that the success and uh, but it didn't happen. And uh, one one almost regret is Reed Nordine offered me a deal after this race for three years with, with Cowie. And really? It was really good. And I turned it down. Looking back, it wasn't the smartest decision on my point. But I felt really – For 2013? For the following yeah. year, yeah. What? Or even more. Three-year deal? Yeah, to help do all these things. Yeah. yeah, it was not a smart decision on my part. <laughs> um, and he was really upset at me for not taking the opportunity and said I would never ride Cowie or have anything to do with it. And it was, I felt bad, but I felt like I owed it to the guys on the team and I didn't want to leave them hanging and bail because they were putting in so much work mm -hmm. and weren't getting paid as well. I think they, I think they were getting paid, the, the crew, yeah, most of them, but they were really invested and I felt like I owed it to them and 
I really thought things would pan out um, differently. Oh, the Cowie deal was going to start immediately, not for the next season. No, yeah, exactly. Because oh, so yeah, I, yeah, I would have had to start like for outdoors. Ah, got it. Right. Okay. Right. Yep. Okay. I can, that's that's a tough decision. Yeah, I would have left the guys hanging. Mm-hmm. What? I honestly can't remember. Did you end up racing outdoors for that team? Uh, yes, we did okay. outdoors. And then the Somehow. next year, we did like maybe three super, like only the first three supercrosses, and then and then really, you jumped to BTO. Yeah, it was yeah. done at that point. Right. I didn't know you made it to the outdoors with these guys. I don't remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Um. Wow. And again, I, I brought this. You brought it up earlier, but I have this in my notes too. You know that 250 title that you lost in Seattle in the mudder, and uh, you know you've brought it up a few times on different shows that we've done. That yeah, it was just heartbreaking, right? Like, and and then funny that you get your win, yeah, the same place, yeah. worst race and best race, yeah, and- yeah. If look, you've won nationals, you've won 250 supercrosses, you never, you have just the one 450 supercross win, and we asked Nathan Ramsey the same kind of thing on the Lee at Reraceables here. Like, does having the one make it way better? Or the fact that you've won everything else, like, like if you never got the 450 Supercross win, just wasn't there, you still as happy? Or nah, it doesn't okay. change. It doesn't change anything in my life. Nothing changes, but right. dude, it still makes me really like I smiled just right. thinking about it. Like, okay. it was so, so, so Nate, Nate was the same way. It was Nate, so yeah, cool, right? Yeah. yeah, like even though it's just one, it completes your. Your resume. Uh, it completes nothing, but it makes me really happy. <laughs> I have such great memories looking back at it. Yeah. You know? and I, would, yeah. I don't even remember the race. Like you said, like you whole I, shot. And I think you led every lap. Uh, Kenny, yeah, was, Kenny was on you early. You won by two seconds. It was a brief. Yeah. Uh, Kenny got by like for one turn. Like, yeah. After the finish line inside, outside, like he went inside, you swept back around. There was yeah. one pass. It mm-hmm. was a really boring race probably, but I, I <laughs> yeah, I mean, it just makes me so happy. Like before and, or after I should say, but before it wasn't expected, but after it was just like unbelievable. It was like a dream and like these things never happen. And it was so crazy and all the people and it was, it was wild. I'll say this though. Uh, okay. Uh, your, your, uh, trainer, coach Sagey, buddy, all of ours. Right. Um, was this the year he was doing the crazy stuff where he's like, I got to get him out of his comfort zone. So I'm sending him out in the mountains hiking and getting him lost on purpose. You remember all that stuff? Oh, uh, yeah, but that's just him. Like, he, he just gets <laughs> lost anyway, and he tries to, like, do that stuff. Oh, you didn't think that was actually no, – he... it wasn't actually a program. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, after the race, he tells me, he's like, you see, it paid off. He was leading. Kenny caught him, and then he fought him off, yep. fought through the adversity, and pulled back away. That's the getting out of your comfort zone. You got to deal with whatever's thrown at you training paying off. Yeah. So, that's yeah. what I went with as a journalist. Well, yeah, maybe. I mean, yeah. that year was so chaotic that just everything was a mess. So that's there was what, a lot of adapting. Yeah. That's what I was saying earlier. Like, it's almost amazing you won a race because everything wasn't going your way off the track. And You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Now, your wife, Jackie, not there. Uh, wasn't there that night. No. No, probably couldn't afford the plane ticket, right? Yeah. Or, uh, right, yeah. right. Wasn't there that night, which, which is kind of a bummer. Where is the trophy? I I actually have it and the handle's broken. It's in my shop. Okay. It's sitting it's covered in dust. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, it's, okay. it's, 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 right. it's okay. up there. A couple of them got lost uh from Honda days because they'd always go back and they put it in the big building up front. Yep. And they'd always sit there for a week or two and then I don't know what happened. Most right. time they got lost. So a lot of the cool trophies I had throughout the years, some of them disappeared there. Um was there a, and I, nothing comes off the top of my head, Weege, maybe maybe it does for you. 
What was the next closest you came to winning a four of these Supercross, Maine? Mm. Was there another one that comes to mind? I can't think of anything on top of my head. Like one, no. That, no I mean, I remember even battling at Seattle with Reed. We were like, he was super mad at me because uh, Wyndham mm-hmm. and him are close in points. And I battled with Reed and he thought I was trying to take him out. And I think that was maybe the year before mm-hmm. 2008. But no, I finished. It seems like I finished. If there's trophies on up there, yeah. they're all thirds. Right, know? right. Thirds, a few <laughs> seconds. The big and one five can relate to that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there's a there. It seems yeah. like there's a lot of them right. up there, but uh, yeah, not very many. You know, uh, Ferry never got a win for the Supercross. Uh, Guy Cooper. Guy Cooper. Yeah. yeah, I was trying to tell my kid how awesome Guy Cooper was. Yeah, um, he was amazing. He yeah, was, he was. He was amazing. It's a shame because you go back to watch some of these races and they're just not that clear on YouTube. And he's like, "I'm like, dude, you don't understand how like uh, how cool Guy Cooper was." We we did a uh, reraceables. Uh, what 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 race? Oh, 90 Atlanta. Yeah, uh, no, Wardy with, won, with yeah. Wardy, with Wardy. Jeff Ward. Yeah, and Cooper. I mean, that one's in. It's it's in his. He passes twice for the lead. Yeah. He's got it. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, he's got so many races over the years. Chicken cleaned him out at San Jose one year. <laughs> like, just, there's so many races that Guy Cooper was leading. Yeah, you know, uh, and he should have had it. So, um, you know, yeah. But you you got it. Yeah. What? Uh, so so, Miss Supercross in the lounge, tongues out with Kenny. What else do we remember from the after? Yeah, after? just stuff like that. I mean, I couldn't, you know, I don't know. I just was all over the place. And Did like, you go out for dinner? Do you remember? Nope, went straight to bed because we were at the track for so long. Like, the yeah. truck drivers had to kick us out because yeah. we were just sitting there in the truck hanging out and right. being idiots. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Lee, re-raceables with Andrew Short, Seattle, 2012. Uh, and again, Weimer, uh, Kenny second, Weimer third, uh, Justin Brayton. Weege can't quite get it done on this night, but he does take down Ryan Dungey in a vicious pass. And also, yeah, that I mean, bi- hey, front wheel, rear wheel co- came together. Come on. <laughs> yeah. we, we don't play those games. Front <laughs> yeah. wheel, rear wheel. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? I mean, look, we all know Dungey's an assassin. You've got you to strike first <laughs> yeah, to get you. Good point. Especially at that yes. point. Good point. You're right. <laughs> uh, yeah, what a night. Um, and fly gear, too. Probably flies first 450 Supercross win. Mm. At this point, I would think. I don't know. I have lots of pictures with Max and yeah, those guys. Um, yeah, it was, I mean J Law got him a two fifty title, but yeah, you know, <laughs> you know. Hey, with the team being in the condition that it was in, like, were you able to uh, ride, test, train, do all the normal stuff, practice bike, all that normal stuff, or was that part of your program even falling apart? Mm, yeah, because sometimes Honda would take the bike back because things weren't being paid, so. Yeah. Sometimes that was a, a problem, but uh, <laughs> I don't know. For the most part, I had I was taken care of pretty well, and right. I had such a big base, and yeah, it it all kind of seemed to. I don't know. It just it, it it clicked, you know. Did you feel like obviously you weren't factory Honda anymore, and you know maybe I don't know you were older at this point, right? Oh yeah, there's a photo. Shorty showing me a photo. Of him and uh, oh the after the after uh, afterward yeah. yeah nice um, oh okay did you feel as good uh, this year as you ever did you know what I mean in, yeah in, as in previous factory Honda days and everything like yeah like body wise speed wise everything yeah so, I think everything felt really good yeah unfortunately I got hurt earlier in the, in the, year. In the year but Larry Brooks was he was really crazy um, but he's a great manager I think and he really cared and. I think even because of all the off-track stuff, he was a little bit sidetracked. 
but if he could just focus with the riders and the bikes, mm -hmm. he can do amazing things. And so I benefited from that being older and just with his mindset, um, that bike was really, really good. It was at the end of the development cycle. Mm -hmm. Um, JT, it, there's no difference between this bike and the 2009 one. I don't know. Just talk to JT. Springs. Yeah. <laughs> Linkage, maybe? I don't know. I don't yeah, and a, a different throttle body. He thinks it's, like, unrideable. He's very adamant about it. I love it. And, um, but, yeah, this was the end of the, the development that cycle, year, yeah. I think. Yep, yep. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I benefited from that as well because I think that bike. And Gilmore was our suspension guy. Mm -hmm. And um, Did, so it was. Was Jeremy good. around helping at all before the year? Did you, did you have any interaction? No. no. Um, a little bit, but. You know, I, I have a lot, I spent a lot more time with Jeremy and riding when he, like 2005 and six at Honda, yeah, yep. he was really involved with the team. And here at this point, I think his, uh, his time and energy were devoted, you know, to the other parts of the team with everything that was do we, going on. Do we even know what supercross.com, do we even know anything about that at mm. all? Do we, we, <laughs> it was a website and Rick Johnson was involved at one point. And other yeah. than that, I know nothing. I don't, I don't know Weege. Anything about supercross.com? Uh, why they had the money to sponsor a team, or I guess didn't, but thought they did, or something, <laughs> right. I don't, I'll uh, never understand. Yeah. yeah. There was an individual that bought the, the team, and he was uh, connected uh -huh. th through Jeremy with some truck racing, and right. uh, somewhere yeah. along the way, it didn't work out. And then, yeah, but the bike was a full factory bike that they would lease from Honda, and, yeah. and, 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 and all that. So your equipment was, was really, on point. Really, good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh -uh. Do you get to ride the Honda track? Yeah, like yeah, same same deal as always. So, yep. so you were you were fine for that. Now, after you broke your arms uh, testing the KTM, you could have gone back there, right? They offered you another ride. Uh, yeah. And you were like, mm. but yeah, I think maybe for Supercross, <laughs> I would have had to ride the 350 while Dunge was going to be on the 450, and okay. then for outdoors, I could ride a 450. It was for considerably less money than what I was making at the time. Oh, okay. And. With this, I thought it was an opportunity to go back to Honda with a factory bike. Right. It was supposed to be a lot more money. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, right. But I thought with the, the resources, with Jeremy and the opportunity to work with Larry, yeah, I just felt like uh, it was a good place for me to be. Right. End of my career kind of is what I was thinking. Sure, sure. Uh, what a night, Seattle. That's great. Yeah, it's unbelievable. The Moser thing, the KTM 350, the team falling apart, but then you end up winning. A uh, city that you didn't have good memories for, and then you win. And by the way, Villapoto was winning a bunch, and then I think Dunge won the rest for the rest of the year, right? Uh, so Yeah, yeah. Dunge came yeah. back and won the last two. Yep. Right. So, like, you know, one guy had to grab the, the brass rig while it was there, and you did it. All the stars aligned. So it was like <laughs> weird it. way the, the city was paying me back. Uh, you know, uh, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Michael Lessie qualified fastest this night, and I don't remember Michael Lessie really? at all. This is 2012. This is Moto Concepts, Michael Lessie? No. Maybe 20... Suzuki? No. No, uh, not, not anymore. That's what I'm saying. At 2012. 2011, he was KTM. <clears throat> Michael uh, Lessie qualified. Says Moto Concepts. Says Moto Concepts. So wow. Michael Lessie qualified. Wait. This has to be wrong. He's seven tenths quicker than RV. <laughs> TA had something figured out. <laughs> Hometown race for Moto Concepts. Do we, do we think that there was a timing issue here? Do you believe? <laughs> Michael Essie's seven-tenths quicker than the next guy in Supercross? I don't know, folks. You know, I vaguely remember. I think I'm putting this all back Maybe together. Maybe the loops were really rutted. I don't know. We, 
we need to do a rebase the Bulls on the qualifying from this weekend. If I remember right, uh, okay, now I'm piecing the years together. You go to the Seattle race, you know, 20 times, and you forget which year is which. Uh, I remember a year at Seattle must have been this, where Mike was on top of the board. Yeah. And I was like, look at this, the 800's on top of the board. And then Mike tips over later on. And then we're all, like, marveling at how well Mike is riding. So I sarcastically say, I think Jeff, unless he was in the B practice, and I'm like, ah, oh, Mike tipped over in a corner. He should be in the B practice with Jeff. Well, um, Mike's wife is recording practice on the camera, and they go back to watch the footage, and they hear this. And, of course, they don't speak sarcasm. Like, no. that's not that's not in the Alessi playbook. So it must have been this night. Had to. So yeah, yeah, this sounds- later on, uh, Mike – or, sorry, Tony comes up to me in the press box, and he's like, can I speak to you? I'm like, okay. He's like, in the men's room. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. Because I, I think he wants to fight. And he doesn't want any witnesses. It's going to be man against man. Um, and he's like, Mike is trying as hard as he can. I'm like, I'm sure he is. He's like, he is riding as good as he's ever ridden. And you make jokes about him and say he should be in B practice. And I'm like, did I really say that? He's like, we have it on tape. I'm like, <laughs> oh. I don't remember saying that. But I'm like, he was faster than qualifying. I don't even know why I'd say that. So I'm like, ah, oh, it must have been like an offhanded joke that we – I'm like, all we do in the press box all day long – Shorty, you've been there with us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all we do for like 12 hours. Yeah. We just make fun of stuff. Yeah, right. So Tony wanted to fight me, so I had to get out of that men's room so we'd at least have witnesses. <laughs> what, a, what a night. Wow. wow so I do remember Mike being fast as qualifier. I'm like, Tony, I clearly was making a joke. He was on top of the board. Yeah, and qualifying third quickest, Nico Izzy. Wow. On the, <laughs> uh, on the Valley Yamaha. What a yeah. night. What Jeez. is going on? <laughs> right. I mean, Mike being seven tenths quicker is, is something else. Yeah, that is. Than Ryan Villopoto. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, wow. uh, and uh, number 66, uh, Jason Thomas qualifying 19th quickest. Mm. That's about right for JT. And yeah. then he would probably start 19th in the main and slowly work his way up to 14th. Be pretty much typical standard uh, a race for Jason T- Jason Thomas. Uh, thank you to folks at Liat as well. Guts Racing, Pro Taper, Maxis uh, on board with us as well, and of course the guys at Scott Goggles. You were probably wearing Scott this time. I am. Yep. And still wearing Scott. Johnny Knowles. Yep. Prepping your goggles, no doubt. Um, what a night it was. Curious to look back at it, and just it brings a smile to my face, and um, <laughs> great memories. And it, I want to say it's something I'll never forget, but I don't even remember the main that much. Um, I don't think it was a crazy exciting race, but uh, all, everything that happened uh, afterwards is definitely uh, some memories I'll never forget. All right, another special guest here on the Lee at Reraceables. Uh, Shorty's still here in studio, but on the line, a man that we made a joke about earlier, um, Andrew Short, super fan, Moser. What's up, Moser? I feel like I get made fun of a lot. Like the most of the time, anything pulp related is Moser's the butt of the joke, and that's all right. Well, now Dark Side is taking that toll. So you, Weege, wasn't there a sighting of him passed out right by the Porta Johns during the day at this race? Uh, no, I, I did not know that. Um, I did see Moser eventually. We thought he was gone or dead for many, many hours. Didn't mm-hmm. see him during the night show. Did we not see him during the night show at all? No, we didn't see him at the night show. He was in the stands. Yeah. Uh, yes, uh, but you did emerge, Moser, uh, hours later, uh, Shorty and the team having a good time celebrating the win, and then somehow you stumble over there, and you just looked at me, and you just said, Weech, he won. He won. And you just kept repeating it over <laughs> and over. He won. 
Moser, true or, true or false, mm-hmm. you – I heard this from a good source that you came to in the middle of Shorty's win and said, did he win the heat? <laughs> uh, yeah, so, I mean, not my, not my, proudest, not my proudest moment to uh, pass out mid-race uh, <laughs> while I'm watching <laughs> my favorite rider uh, win his first – uh, Supercross event, but you know, I mean, it uh, is what it is, right? It happens. It life, yeah, so. it happens. It, it happens. Yeah, no. Uh, uh, luckily, I woke up in time, or came back to uh, some sort of coherence uh, to, to at least witness the finish. So, yeah, no, I was there in heart the whole time, and mm-hmm. well, in presence, yeah, in body, but maybe not in mind. But uh, no, I was there. There's photos, and uh, yeah, you're wearing a shirt that yeah. says, "You're wearing a shirt that says, I have a shorty," and the arrow points down to your crotch. Is that is that the shirt I wore that year? Yeah. Because honestly, some of these blend together. The porta potty year was a different year. Oh, that okay. Was okay. When he that was three, he was riding KTM 350 that year because yeah. um, I you had the my phone died. Oh. My phone died at some point, and I gave it to Frankie, who plugged it in the KTM semi, and then I fell asleep behind the porta potties, and Frankie randomly passed me. I got kicked out of the pits because you know, I'm sleeping. Um, so somebody like kicks me to wake me up and Frankie's pushing Shorty's bike to the line and pulls my phone out of his back pocket and says, Hey, Moser is charged. <laughs> <laughs> like some of these things don't make any sense, especially in retrospect. It's like, uh, lots of stars crossing things aligning. It's just too funny to, you... it's like fact. It's really stranger than fiction. Which year did you wear the pajamas? From I'm trying to look right what, now. But... What year was the pajamas on? Track well, that was that was BT. It was BTO. Yeah. Okay, and those were pretty small pajamas, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they were uh, like kids large. <laughs> okay, here's one where <laughs> oh. it's Aaron's birthday. Oh yeah, in Seattle. Yeah, yeah. Um, so but can we explain who Moser is here for uh, people wondering um, how this all came to be and, and what this is all about? Steve, sure. We each go ahead. Yeah. Okay, so uh, one year, and I don't know, did, Moser, do you at least know what the year that was when this all started? No, no, it's been far too long at this point okay. to piece uh, it all together. Uh, yeah, who knows? Uh, 2009, maybe? 2010? 2011? Something like that? Mathis and I are uh, in um, one of those, uh, was it Rock Bottom Brewery? Rock, Rock Bottom. Bottom Brewery. Yep. Rock Bottom Brewery, downtown Seattle. Um, we're eating dinner, and then we're told that uh, these gentlemen over in the corner want to buy us some drinks. You know I'm not passing up free anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so we invite him over. We start talking. And this guy says, I love Andrew Short. Everybody says I look just like him, so he's my favorite rider. So Steve, being the great man of the people that you are, you're like, oh, man, come to the race. Come to the pits. Shorty's a good guy. Mm-hmm. We can introduce you to Shorty. <laughs> well, we had no idea what that was going to ignite. That's not exactly – I mean, it's very close. But oh. I, I don't ever said I looked like Andrew Short. My friends like to throw me under the bus, saying the only reason you liked Shorty is because you look, you think you look like him. And I was like, no, that's not the case. Oh, your I like, friends and I, say you think you look like him, but you don't think you look like him. No, uh, we do look very similar, but that's <laughs> that's not why I like Shorty. Anyway, oh, okay, okay. And I think there's, I don't know if there's a, I think I definitely wrote something at one point about how and why i like shorty so much growing up but anyways and, and so at one point shorty true or false moser and his family take a vacation with you out in texas they come to the farm they it come to the epic, farm yeah so just think of somebody who like you know like tom brady 
met Tom Brady, and then took a vacation with Tom Brady's family. And the high, you got to understand. <laughs> That's what this is like. Yeah. But the, this person, Mosier. Right. We have this zip line that comes from this really cool tree all the way into this pond, you know, and it's awesome. He gets all the way up. This is the highlight of the trip. He gets all the way up to the top of the tree, mm-hmm. rips off all of his clothes, and now all he is wearing is the Borat swim, you know, yeah, like the, 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 Borat. the banana hammock, right, basically, you right, know? Right, So that was basically the um, highlight of the trip. And M- Moser, you raced Jackie. Sure. Yep. In a, in, uh, and lost. In a and loss, lost. And lost, her, yep. her, her corner speed, she's got great corner speed. The Wednesday night <laughs> battles under the lights at ADV. Um, so, yeah. yeah so, I underestimated. I should have trained harder. I underestimated Jackie's speed. She was, she's fast. She's fast. So you got – you loved Andrew Short. You followed him. You read it. You read to listen to the podcast. And then you eventually vacation with Andrew Short. Yeah. I mean, really, could there be a better story arc? You know, no. you go from – like literally being in, I was probably in high school, you know, yeah, I was definitely in high school because me and Jordan are about the same age. He's just a touch older than me. And so like you're reading Racer X or whatever, and Shorty's getting these chances at rides and stuff. And you're like, well, I mean, I, I, you know, that's who I wanted to be. I wanted to be that guy with a chance of being a pro. And I never went pro. Um, and then obviously I just followed his career because um, he was a huge moto fan. Um, and then, yeah, yeah. Bumping into you two jerk offs and then, mm-hmm. you know, through social media and Twitter and whatnot, um, you know, and then what was the, the thing on Twitter I did forever is it only allowed 29 followers. For <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah. I forgot. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 yeah <laughs> so. That's right. And so, and then I would randomly put out a tweet, my buddy Moser's looking for followers. <laughs> right. And right. then, and then you would have to block everybody. And then they'd be like, I don't know. He blocked me. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know, man. Yeah, I'm not yeah. sure why. Uh, and but, I mean, I, I mean, name a nicer guy in moto than Shorty, though. Like, it's just not, it's not possible. Tim Barry? Uh, no, okay. not, not even close. Okay, Justin not Brayton. Close. Justin Brayton? No, all right, fine. <laughs> um, but to be to be there in spirit, anyways, physically you were there, but. Shorty wins one 450 Supercross race, and it's at your hometown race. It, yeah. It's, it's, and it's, he's battling Ken Roxon on the 350 Moser, and a guy that yeah. he took in. It's all so ironic. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it was perfect. I mean, I, honestly, yeah, you know, you have only a few regrets in life, right? Try not to have regrets, but I wish I was a little more coherent that, uh, that whole day. Mm-hmm. Might have went just a touch too hard, which, you know, <laughs> I... Just a touch. I like to live. Just a I touch. like to live life to the. I like to live life to the fullest. Uh-huh. Uh huh. JT put it pretty well once after like a Washougal weekend. He's like, "Hey, Moser, you know he works hard day to day. He's family man. He works hard, family business, all that. But when he goes on a you know a weekend, he lets loose. He mm-hmm. really lets loose. Yeah. And that's that's a pretty good explanation uh, because I unfortunately you know day to day I'm. And more uptight, unfortunately. But Profession- uh, professionally, yeah, I mean, yeah, professionally. Professionally, yeah, yeah, exactly. But um, yeah, I mean, to be able to to be there to witness it, and then you know, and then also, I mean, it was a factory bike, but it, you know, I mean, he's literally had a back of a sprinter, you know, and then we're pushing it. We, because I think I did push the bike <laughs> underneath the factory, the factory tent that day. So, I mean, the whole thing was pretty cool. Just. 
Um, and then, yeah, to be there is definitely one of the best memory, moto memories I have for sure. <laughs> what a day. What a day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, Mose. Uh, thanks for, for picking up. And no, thanks for the call. Um, re- Lee at Reraceables uh, with the great Moser. It present um, as Andrew Short wins. Great. Thanks, Mose. Hey, thanks, guys. See ya. Bye. All right, that's a great Moser. Lee at Reraceables 2012 Seattle. Uh, Weege will do the categories next for, the, for this race. But, uh, Andrew, thanks for dropping in. Congrats on the, uh, on the lone Supercross win of your career. What a night. Who can forget, man? Thanks, thanks, Shorty. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Awesome night. Good stuff from Shorty. Uh, not a lot of memories, but uh, you know, hey, it's it's okay. Um, good, uh, good to hear from uh, from Andrew and our buddy Moser, who you know has some regrets in his life, and this is one of them. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I guess he feels a little embarrassed, but to me, like the fact that Moser, um was out of control. Like if, if shorty wins and we don't have anything interesting from Moser, I would be disappointed. Like I'm glad it ended up this way. Yeah. The, the, I, I also, my bad for uh, mistaking this year with the year he was passed out by the porta potties, you know? Well, I mean, it's similar. He wasn't passed out, but he had disappeared due to the same circumstance. So, Hey, yeah. 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 Um, there was one year where Moser was uh Moser. If I remember right, he spent a whole calendar year, not drinking, I think. Really? In, in support of a family member or something. Okay. Yeah. So we always get Moser at Washougal and Seattle, and it was yeah, it was highly disappointing he, to be honest. He's put on some epic displays at Washougal over the years. Oh, well, just this year, uh, I had I had him pick me up at the airport in his Woody, his mm-hmm. uh, his Caprice station wagon, or oh, the Buick Roadmaster, I believe, with the wood grain, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, picked me up, we're driving to the track with a bunch of his buddies having a good time, and then uh, uh, we realized that the car has a carbon monoxide leak. Hmm. Uh, and I was like, how many hours is it from Spokane here? He's like, oh, about five. I'm like, hey, you had the carbon monoxide just yeah. – I've been in this car 15 minutes, and I can tell. <laughs> yeah. Good stuff. Yep. And then they parked right outside the fence of the pits at Washougal, and uh, I'm like, all right, so do I need to – like, when we're done here, can I get a ride back to town with you guys? And they're like, no, we're staying right here. Mm-hmm. like – just like in the car, yeah. intense. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's, it was uh, unbelievable. He also picked up a hitchhiker one year, then became friends with him, right? Uh, was his yes, uh, picked a hitchhiker. And let's not forget the saddle supercross, the rented Denny Stevenson. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Where they rented Denny that, that was, to hang uh, out with for the weekend. That was, uh, that, that went south, though. Oh, it did. That went south, but there was a chicken. Involved as well. They got a chicken in the Denny experience. Um, hey, chicken with a uh, Coors Light, a box of Coors, a Coors Light box on yeah, his head. Yeah, on his head. Um, yeah, that, that went terribly. That was along, you know, at some point in the Pulp Show, I was talking to Denny about you should have a tour where you take people around in Southern California to where Club Rubber used to be and, and the test tracks and you, you know, just basically take a fans behind the scenes tour of here's where you threw up, here's where Fro, you know, ran naked or whatever. Yeah. Get a little yep. bus. And then that turned into, um, well, why don't you just rent Denny himself? And and then they did that and they flew Denny into Seattle, Denny Stevenson. And yeah, it went, it went, it went badly. And that was the end of the program. And that was the end of the program. We never. <laughs> that was the end of the program. Yeah, we never did it My again. My favorite part about that is. I don't see chicken at many races. Like, I don't think chicken goes to a ton of races. No, no. What 
why was chicken in Seattle? Like not California where he lives. Yeah. Like how? Yeah. It was just like uh, yeah. meant to be. Yeah. You like have, chicken. Was there a yeah. bat phone like symbol <laughs> up in the air? <laughs> I, I don't know. I had a hard enough time getting chicken to come to Vegas for a 45 minute flight. I don't know why yes. he went to Seattle. Um, he's, chicken runs a loose program. Um, yes. So I have no idea to this day. But there is a photo of chicken with a Coors Light box on his head floating around. Yes. And, and Denny. Yes. Denny went Denny. I mean, he. This was um, a little more wild Denny Stevenson than he is now. And um, he went missing for hours. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It was good times. <laughs> good times. Good times. Um, good times. All right. Do you see my point? If if Shorty wins this race and we don't have any good stories at a Moser, I would be disappointed. So I know Moser is embarrassed, but this is the way it needs to be. Right, right. Um, by the way, Nico Izzy qualified third quickest, as we were mentioning, what? and didn't what? make the main event. Oh. Yeah. I remember Nico Izzy having a brief renaissance outdoors on a 450 Yamaha and being like top five guy yep. for half a season or uh -huh. so. But I do not remember Nico Izzy 450 in Supercross. I do remember number 50. Yeah, number 50. Uh, I well, do. I remember him riding oh. it, but I don't remember highlights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he was third quickest, and then he didn't make the main event. So um, did not know that. Yes, very, very odd. Um, and again, as we said in that call, Michael Lessie, seven tenths quicker than Ryan Villapoto, fastest man in Seattle. And Weed, your story is hilarious. Um, uh, I still. Oops. What yep. happened? What? How did he? How was he seven tenths quicker than Ryan Villapoto in a Supercross and fastest overall? I just, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I would like to try to solve that one, but I'm still stuck on the personal thing where I, I feel like forever in Tony Lessie's mind, I'm a liar because mm -hmm. I said I don't, I don't remember saying that, and he's like, I have it on tape, and <laughs> like. Now that I look back, I'm like, yeah, I think I did say that. But, like, again, we do 300 jokes a night in the press box. They're meaningless. They're just – right. It's, we're like the two old guys in Muppets, right? Mm -hmm. We just sit in the rafters mm -hmm. and make fun of the performers. That's what we do. And, mm -hmm. you know, I understand to him it's a very loaded topic. But uh, wow. Mike was on top in qualifying. I was not actually making fun of him. I was being sarcastic. And what? I wish I had realized that in the moment and been like – I'm being sarcastic. It'd be like, um, dude, this was the same era where when the president of Kawasaki would sit in the press box with us, yep, you would point out to him how fast Stu is in the whoops and be like, big mistake. You shouldn't <laughs> let him go. James is a great rider. I don't like, remember doing that. I'm sure I did. What? But I don't, I don't specifically remember that. No. No. But that sounds like totally something I would do. Yeah. You don't remember literally like you'd point out, you'd, you'd pick a random cow and be like, ah, look at that bike. It's not working. No, no, I don't. Um, and no, you remember who it was? He was the guy. And then you said of all the guys you worked with, who's your favorite? Chicken. Oh, yeah. Yoko. Yoko. Yeah, oh, Yoko. Great. Yeah, the Japanese guy. Yeah, he was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he yeah. would come up. You'd tell him how great Stu is. Should right. never let him go. Right. Mention that the Honda looks so much better than the Cowie. Mm. And then ask him about chicken. I don't and remember that. He used to go on every week and he loved it. Yeah, I don't remember that. But I do remember he loved chicken. And the Cowie guys used to tell me that when chicken came, to the back door, he got whatever he wanted. Everyone had to drop everything that they were working on to make sure Chicken got a clutch or a top end or a clutch, uh, you know, uh, a seat or whatever Chicken needed. The president of Cali, yeah. Uh, yeah. Never forgot I, yeah. those three titles that Chicken delivered in Japan in the mid-90s. Uh, oh, it's that why? Because of the yes. Japanese titles? Yes, yes, oh. yes. Well, now it actually makes sense. Yeah. I just remember you being like, of all the guys you've seen, <laughs> yeah. you know, Wardy, Kudrowski, LaRocco, Emig, RC, Stu. 
and he just says chicken, and you're like, chicken? Yeah. yeah. That was his guy. <laughs> yeah, that was his guy. Loved him. Uh, thanks, by the way. I can't believe uh, you don't remember saying, look I at don't. how much faster the Honda is on that straightaway. No, that I don't, but I, that is for sure. Like, I'm not denying that. I, I would do that <laughs> okay. yes, all day. Okay. Uh, uh, thank you to the folks at Guts Racing. Pulp 2022 is the code to save with Guts. Uh, great company, and uh, they're making a lot of seats even back here in 2012. For guys, I believe that Michael Essie on this Moto Concepts would have had a Guts seat when he went seven-tenths quicker than Ryan Villapoto. Uh, maybe it was the gut seat. Pulp 2022 is the code to save. Uh, non-stick, uh, non-grip uh, uh, covers or grippy covers, whatever it is you want. They can do it in uh, and uh, design it for you and put your custom colors on it. Really cool website, gutsracing.com. Pulp 2022, the number one company for seats. Maxxis tires as well. A-Ray using Maxxis tires this year in main events. Kay Clayson as well. And I look at the results, and 38th quickest in qualifying, and Alex Ray, number 314. Uh, this, is, uh, this is a little heavier, Alex Ray, back then. <laughs> but uh, not on Max's tires. Probably needed them this night. Maxis.com, mountain bike tires, light truck tires, everything else. Uh, thank you to those guys for making it happen. Um, all right, anything else? Seattle 2012. Category time. Category time. All right, sounds good. Um, do, 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 do. Lee at Reraceables. Lee at.com. Send us an email. We'll send you a code to save at Liat.com. Even Weege likes to save uh, uh, with guys like Liat. So here we go. Uh, who really won the race? Well, Shorty. You could make a case for Kenny. You could make a case for Kenny. Uh, yeah, I mean, that is a pretty high watermark for 350 and uh, off-coast yes. rider yes. Uh, to almost win. I know that Dowd and Wyndham did it, but still, that's pretty impressive. Yep. Um, you know, Kenny's kind of degaff. You know, I don't think Kenny's ever lacked for confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's why it always works so well in these one-offs for him. Because I think like most riders in Kenny's situation show up and they're like, even the best of the best get a little nervous, a little starstruck, a little like, well, I'm not even really supposed to win. I'm just here to learn. Mm-hmm. I don't think Kenny, I don't think Kenny processes thoughts like that. Like he gets on the motorcycle and he just rides it really fast, and that's about it. Like he just lets lets the talent do the talking, doesn't overthink it. Right. So I think that always lent itself, uh, his style, too. Because I think he had a couple good races <clears throat> jumping in and out of the class. It was pretty amazing that a kid from Germany um, – now, you yes. had, you'd heard of Ken Roxon, I think, before because Ken Loretta's, right? Uh, and obviously, I was at his first ever win in, in MX2 um, in, in Teuschenthal. Uh, yep. He's 15 then or whatever. Like, he's from Germany, and sure, he's a fast – MXGP rider, but from the instant he hit America, his supercross skills were never lacking. They were never like, oh, like Tortelli or Albi or, or name the guy. Nope. It's incredible. Right from the start, the kid from Germany was unbelievable at supercross. Well, I literally remember uh, one of the things I do every year, and that'll include this year uh, in Anaheim 1. I'm always like, who is the first rider that will appear on the top of the board or the beast Mm -hmm. in qualifying in the first session of the year. Like, I always think that's a cool thing. Mm -hmm. And dude, in Roxon's first year, he did that. His first effing practice session ever in a supercross. He goes to the top of the board. I didn't, I, yeah, I don't remember that, but I was like, yeah, what? Like, and then, so I'm assuming he had, oh, he's preparing for supercross his whole career. He claims that he never really did. 
in Europe. It wasn't like he had a soupy track in his yard that was any good or anything. No, yeah, he does. He did grow up with a soupy track in his yard, but I know people who wrote it. It's just a homemade track that Papa built. It wasn't, yeah. Yeah, that's what I mean. Right. Like, he had a track, but it yeah. wasn't a Supercross track, no. like, and, by standards. And the French grew up riding a Supercross series, and Australian guys ride up, grew up riding a Supercross series. Yep. Having them show up in America and being good at Supercross is no big deal. That Germany, a German kid who races MX2 and just came over for the beginning of the year? Yeah, pretty amazing. So, uh, who really won the race? Uh, I'm going to go Shorty. Yep, just because it's Shorty. He won. Yeah, yeah, I can't argue that one. Uh, who's that guy award? Lee at Re-Raceables? Uh Well, obviously 2012, it, it's hard to find a who's that guy. There's no lock names in this in this stuff. Um, who, By the way, we had a listener say that they think that that is not a real name. They think that that is a made-up name, and even in the vault. That, that's what Lock they, names. That, yeah. Um, I'm hey, gonna, wait, oh. uh, you have the actual cycle news. Does, is he in the results for that? Lock names? Yeah. Well, then, that yeah. Yeah. I could see our Racer X vault, which is, like, built from other results, mm-hmm. having, like, like I said, like a name mistyped or something. But, you know, at thir- 30 years later. But I don't see how the cycle news of oh. the day got it wrong. Kit? Maybe Kit was in a, in a rush? <laughs> Just screw it. <laughs> Lock names. Uh, who's that guy award? I will go... Um, all the way into obviously everyone in the mains is known. Uh, I'll go 450 qualifying, 34th place, 772, only 10 off of a great number, right ahead of Adam Enknap, a guy named Robert Nolfs. Uh, N O F L Z. I don't know who Robert Nolfs is. That would be my who's that guy award. Uh, I'm going to page our man, uh, Seth Rarick, who I'm sure will come at me um, five minutes after this pod is uh, published. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the main, Bo Hudson finishing 16th in the 250 class from Locust Grove, Georgia. I don't remember the name Bo Hudson. You know, I didn't even look in either main event because I figured I would know everybody. Right. Do you remember Bo Hudson? No. Nope. No. No. Nope. Bo Hudson racing west from Georgia and the Slayton racing team. Huh. Ryan Sipes wins the main. Bo Hudson finishes behind Topher Ingalls and the Matt Moss. Still winning Australian Supercrosses right now, 10 years later. Um, and there's yeah. Bo Hudson. Yeah, Bo Hudson. Uh, yep. I guarantee you, Rarick would know him. Know him uh, but, uh, yep, you're right. Uh, shout out to. Oh, yeah. Rarick has done millions of San Motos with Bo Hudson, I'm sure. <laughs> shout out to our guy, Katie Beats. Canada's own. I was helping him out yeah. a little bit. 12th place. Yep. Yeah. Good guy, Katie Beats. Kyle Beaton. Now operating, yep. now operating heavy equipment up in British Columbia. And a father. He's backed by a leading edge Cowie. Was that a Canadian team? Yeah, Canadian yep. uh, Canadian Cowie team. Yep. Um yep. all right, Lit Kid Award. What what do you what do you got? Uh I, I hate that, to keep going with the Fox thing, but oh. Dunge's kit looks so good. Oh, so I'm going Kenny's kit. Orange oh, and God. blue. Yeah. Really, really good on the orange bike. Like, yeah. Dunge has more blue. It's like one yeah. had orange and blue, and one had blue and orange. So I like the way the blue popped. But uh, did you happen Kenny's to notice that too. when when he was laying on the ground from a savage Justin Brayton attack? Dunge, use your head out there for once and, and stop being so aggressive. <laughs> okay, all right. Dunge, use some patience for once. Dunge, don't force it. Okay, all right. Well, yep. um, I'll go uh, that Kenny. I like the Kenny orange. It's more orange than Dunge. You're right, and. Um, yeah, I'll go with that one. It looks looks really. Hey, good. speaking of Brayton, uh, the only this race is not on YouTube. Um, yep. <clears throat> uh, as I think I said in the shorty interview, it's like the newer the races get, they get gobbled up 
with the rights, like Feld owns it, they'll put it out somewhere someday, I'm sure. Uh, but you can watch our race exam that mm-hmm. we put together with Kellen Brower at Racer X. This is when the reason that exists is because during the pandemic, when we didn't have races, we were like, well, we're going to have to do all our normal stuff on old races. Oh, okay. So, so that's that, why this I, video, that's why Kellen, yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was wondering, what the hell is this? And I didn't even know Kellen worked for Racer X at that time, or this was pandemic. No, yeah, yeah right. Yeah, so right. we have a breakdown of a 2012 race that we did in 2020. Okay. Uh, cause we didn't have any other races to cover. Um, and in that he focuses in on the unbelievable disappointment of Brayton at the end of this race. Yeah, He does. Yeah. Yeah. He does. Because if you remember, there was like a mid season where Brayton was like challenging RV, like led a bunch mm-hmm. down to the last couple laps, you know? Right. And then I'm sure he's just like, Oh, and then the dude finally gets hurt. And then I don't, that's the one night I don't get it. Um, like I was beating all these guys yeah, every week right. and then he goes out and then I don't beat these guys. I get fourth. Yeah. Weimer gets third. Um, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, yeah. If you're JB yep. or he doesn't look very happy in the, in no. the race. We won. Um, Weimer, the 21 Cali mm-hmm. looking very Jason Anderson like. Yep. 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 Uh, all right. The uh, lit kid award. I went rocks and you went done shit kid award. <sighs> it's a tough one. It's a tough one, but I think I got to go Andrew short. Oh, no, I was going to do the same. That's horrible. It's not good. It's not no, good. It's not a good look. <laughs> and the bike doesn't do it any favors. No. Nah. The, the look of the bike is terrible. Well, he's got stock graphics on at this point, I think. He's just a stock-looking bike. It's just – and then the gear, it's, it, is, it, is it pixels or what is that supposed to be? I don't know. And it's like gray. It's like gray and white. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I hate to do it. I, I will say the – and I'm a fan of the JT comeback, as you know. But oh, I know. I don't. At this point, unless he's riding a yellow and black Moto Concepts bike with JT stuff pieced together, it, it's Mike's. I didn't find a photo of him, but Mike's JT look around this time is not good um, either. But I couldn't find a photo of it. I looked. So yeah, this is your chance. All right. Uh, where's it's your chance to get JT in as a lit kit, and you didn't do it? Yeah, yeah, exactly, yep. right? Um, yep. <clears throat> where's JT? Speaking of JT, where's Jason Thomas? It's one category in the Lee at Reraceables. Uh, he didn't make the main event. He qualified 19th, and I made a joke in our call with Andrew Short about, you know, he probably finished 19th and started 19th in the main and worked his way to 14th, uh, which is a typical JT standard. But I think this is his last year, right, 2012? Yeah. Um, yep. We he So he didn't make the main event. He finished uh, way back in the LCQ. He said uh, – I didn't have the heat race because of the crash. I had a last gate pick, and that's all she wrote. I was terrible that whole year, anyways. That, that, there's, 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 there's JT. Not, not there. Okay. Not in the main event, I should say. He squeezed all the juice. <laughs> he did from that career that he could. Well, this was the yeah. year of what happened to me when every every year and every week on the Pulp Show. Like, what happened? Because oh yeah, he's so solid for so many years, and his final year, yeah, is not. It's it's um. It's uh, remember when Peter Stastny is remember Peter Stastny's last year week for uh, I think St. Louis. What the hell sport are you talking about? Hockey. No, I do not remember this. The great Peter Stastny. I'm surprised you don't know this, but yeah, yeah, he shocking. had you know he was a great player, and his final year was just not something that you want to talk about. So, okay. <laughs> 
Sure it was. All right. Okay. The Jacob Marsack Award for the rider who did the best that you'll never talk about or never realize. I'll tell you what. Uh, what do you got, Weege? I got one that sticks out for me. Well, actually, I'm going to throw a real curveball into okay. how this category works. I actually want to give it to Sipes. Sipes, this is an epic night that everyone remembers. Everybody remembers Shorty winning mm-hmm. and, and uh, Kenny on the 350 and Villapoto tears his ACL and Tomac and Dean, all these things. How many people remember that Ryan Sipes won a race that night? Well, I'll tell you who does remember is my pick for the Jacob Marsak Award, Justin Sipes. Oh! That's my pick for the... That's a good one. Because Justin, Pooh, Sipes, yep. uh, good rider. I don't remember him being 13th place in a 450 main event. Good. And that's what he got on this night. 13th. Dude, you are right. If you had, I, I absolutely... If you had said true or false... Pooh Sipes gets 13th at a 450 Supercross. I would have said false. <laughs> Thank you. Good for Pooh. Right. Like, I remember him being, you know, the classic, like, uh, LCQ, you know, bubble main event guy. Yeah, he made some mains for sure. Yeah. But but 13th, damn. He beats Zombie. He beats Gurky. He beats Tyler Bowers. Uh, JG, Villapoto, Metcalf, all DNF. But, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, for sure, this is the best Supercross night for the Sipes brothers ever. I would think so. I don't think there's probably a first and thirteenth in there. No, that's it. In their Damn. in their family history. So good for Pooh. Yeah. So I'll go Justin Sipes and you go Ryan Sipes. Yeah, I like it. Uh, uh, Marvin Sipes, Dad, very happy. I'm sure they they um, they mentioned uh, that Ryan won three career main events. I I had him at two. I had him in uh, this one and uh, I think Orlando. And I don't remember where the third one came. I, I don't remember any third one. So I need to go back and look and do some results. I thought reason Ra- you forgot it. He okay. won one. Uh, I think it was Dallas. There was a race where uh, it looked like Baggett was going to win. And okay. then Baggett uh, screwed up or something. One of those classic uh, Dallas where the track was like rock hard. Mm-hmm. And uh, everybody thought Baggett was going to win his first. I think it was Baggett in his Suzuki days. The the early, like 250 Suzuki days. Um and then Sipes won his first there, I think. Then he won this one. But the reason the third one is never remembered is because it was one of those East-West shootouts on the night when no one paid attention. Okay, all right. To the East-West shootout. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Wasn't it? And wasn't there a, a race where Sipes was on Moto Concepts and won, or blew, or threw it away late and was leading the whole race? Yeah, I don't know. Okay. I don't know if all three were with Star or what. Okay. Yeah. I think the Moto yeah. Concepts year. Chiz and Sipes, uh, where Sipes almost won a race or did a win a race, and then they were both like seven, eight, and four for the outdoors. Really good year. So, yeah, Sipes highly underrated. Yeah, it's actually cool that he's had this career renaissance. How many riders, Steve, have you heard <clears throat> now mention over the last four or five years? Like, yeah, you know, I'd like to do a Sipes kind of program. Yeah, a, a lot. Yep, absolutely. it has become a thing for yeah. sure. It's too bad he's been seriously hurt. Uh, he's got to get he's yeah. on the man now, but he wants he wants to come in the pulp show uh, and host. So we're we're trying to work on that. So oh, do it. Yeah, Sipes is awesome. Yeah, good yeah. guy and highly touted amateur for sure. I remember like I don't yep. follow amateurs, and I remember Ryan Sipes. There was Ryan Sipes hype, low key Ryan Sipes hype. You know, so very fast. Yep, yep. Uh, all right. Well, that's the Lee at racing uh, re-raceable. Oh, I got one other story oh. I want to tell. Oh, yeah. Please do. Uh, Shorty mentioned Reed Nordine, who was the head of Kawasaki Racing at mm-hmm. that time. Yeah. Uh, I did not know about this potential three-year deal. No, me neither. You, yeah. <laughs> that would just blow your mind? Yes. Yes. Um, Reed Nordine, I actually went way back with him because he was the Team Green um, off-road guy when I first broke in mm-hmm. in GNCC. 
And honestly, there's a series of things where Reed Nordine would tell me something straight to my face, and it turned out to be completely not true. Um, hmm. And I don't forget those things. So yep. all along those lines, on this night, uh, go to the truck after and be like, hey, what's up with RV, man? That looked bad. Mm-hmm. Like, if you watch this video, yeah. I mean, RV is he, – he can't even walk. No, there's guys who tear the ACL and just pop up and walk off, and then they have a torn ACL. This is – yeah, he's crawling off the track. Yeah, he has to get ridden off the track on the back of the motorcycle by the mechanic, uh, Mike Williamson. So uh, I go to Reed. You know, we have to ask about an injury. He's the freaking champion of the series. And uh, I'm like, man, that looked pretty bad. He's like, no, it's not bad at all. I'm like, it's not? And he's like, look at my face right now. Does it look like I have panic on my face? And I'm like, no. And he's like, yeah, he's fine. I'm like, he's fine. And he's like, yeah, he's totally fine. And I'm like, so you don't even need to check or we don't need to wait for more information? And he's like, no, he's totally fine. And I'm like... Okay, then. Well, that was it. He didn't race for the rest of the year. Right. So I don't get it. I don't know why you would do that. I don't know why you could just you could easily just say we don't know yet, which yeah. is a completely – Tons of Why things would you, you lie? There's tons of things you can say if, you know, that you don't have the diagnosis, you don't know, all of that. Yeah. There's. Yeah, and then to throw in the look at my face. Does it look like I'm worried? Like as if I'm stupid for even asking the question. Like I just watched the, watched the guy army crawl off the track <laughs> and not be able to walk. Yeah. And it's like, why would I even think that there's something wrong? Look at look, look at my face and my pat And then it was a lie. Why did you, why lie? Why do that? I don't know, so man. I, but, won't, yeah. I, I don't forget that. Right. There's a lot of things that, uh, you know, you look at back and you're like, really? Really, guy? That's That's how we handle things? This is a professional sport, and that's how we handle things. So Yeah, there yeah. were a couple things on GNCC. You know, I think he – I'll admit, actually, I think there were some rule calls on GNCC that didn't go Cowie's way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll admit, he, he probably got the short end of the stick on some things from the rules side that flipped the other direction. But there were definitely calls I had with him on the phone, like, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. And I'm like, oh, okay, got it. And then that never happened. Mm-hmm. Um, or riders, oh, yeah, I'm going to – I'm going to sponsor this guy. I'm going to help this guy out. And then it right. just never materialized. Like you said, I don't know why people do that. Right. Wow. Um, so I feel like if you don't get called out in your lives, then there's no reason to ever tell the truth. So that's why I call people out. Well, there's uh, the, the, the Reed Nordine, Mike Fisher era of Cowie leadership is one that I think everyone there would like to forget. Right. The switch to FMF, the, the, the rider selection yeah. stuff, Millsap stuff. Yeah, there oh, are some you know, holes. Yeah, yeah. There, there was definitely an era where, and I believe yep. that is why Sternstrom, Bruce Sternstrom, was sort of brought back around, and they, and they said, hey, Bruce, like, can you help us? Yeah. You know, he wasn't a manager. He wasn't team manager, but he was, like, the guy above everybody to get people in place. Straight, to straight, straighten it out. Straighten it out. Yeah. Because yeah. No, I like Fisher. I got zero issues. I always got along well with Fisher. No, I did too, but, but, but there's, yes, but, you know, oh, he's a 30, tons. He's a 30-year employee. And, you know, a guy that's given his heart and soul to Cowie and then gets fired, uh, not reassigned, not anything. And oh yeah, there was something going on behind the scenes that they didn't like about Mike Fisher, for sure. And the same thing with Reed. Well, yep. we had yep. Reed Ordine. And then, yeah, we've had – I mean, we had Stu on this pod, not a Fisher fan. So, no, yeah, for me, I had no issues with Fisher, but there's definitely people that do. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Me, me neither. I'm just stating, like, yeah. a lot of smoke around Cowie around this time, for sure. And I think Sternstrom was like, brought in from the glory days – to like straighten yeah. it up. So, um, yep. but yeah, I never, I never knew that Andrew Short Cowie story either. That's crazy. Well, what I'm getting at is I even wonder, I, I'm, I'm just going to say it. I yeah. even wonder if that's real. Right. Right. Yeah. I, I don't know. I've heard too many people say Reed Nordine promised him something that he didn't come through on. Good point. 
Uh, all right. Seattle. All right, we're good. Lee at re Thanks to Lee at, man. Thanks to Pro Taper and Guts and Maxis and uh, Scott Goggles as well uh, for all of the, uh, the support of this podcast. Thank you, people, for listening. And it, thanks to Andrew Short and Moser. I mean, Andrew Short came to the, came to the studio. So. Yes. Pretty cool. Thanks, buddy. See you. All week. right. See ya.